What's going on, everybody? Thanks for tuning into the J-Ham Special, where I love to talk about Magic the Gathering, Warhammer 40K, Dungeons and Dragons, and other aspects of my nerdy life. My name is John. I'll be your host for this episode of Magic Monday, where I love to dive into my favorite trading card game and tabletop card game, Magic the Gathering. Typically, I focus on different thoughts, revelations, insights I've had on the game, different deck techs, card spotlights, or even just general themes that I wanted to talk about topically. And today is actually from you guys, the listeners. You hit me up at the JHAM special at gmail.com, and um, some of you guys actually started responding to my older episodes, wondering how was it that I came up with my inspiration on what deck they should build. Um, a few of you, it was pretty consistent across the board, but a few of you mentioned that, hey, you're a brand new player to the game, you haven't had much exposure to the cards, how do you go and figure out what kind of deck you like, whether or not you should be playing you know, a specific color or a specific theme in a color, you know, how do you go through and determine that as a brand new player? And so I'm going to try and bring some of that content to you today and share with you how I've done it from a beginner to where I am now and how I've recommended some of my other players to do so. Just fair warning, I'm going to try and be as best I can to beginners here, but some of the things I might mention might be a little bit more advanced. And that's part of the process is if you like the game enough, chances are you're probably going to get established into it. So without further ado, let's dive on in. So the first piece of advice that I would give you for understanding what play style or cards or deck that you probably want to build for magic is that you have to know yourself. Now the cool thing is, is the developers of Magic the Gathering over Wizards of the Coast, so people like Gavin Verhey and people like Mark Rosewater, the guys that have been designing a lot of the cards, have been designing towards the player profiles or personalities for the game. And they've talked about it extensively on different podcasts that they've been on or ones that they even do themselves. What they've specifically talked about is um, the three different player profiles, which is Timmy, Johnny, and Spike. Timmy players are players that love the big dumb spells, be it the big creatures or the big old spells that you play that do massive, you know, effects or damage or whatever. You know, we, you can start thinking about the players that love cards like Colossal Dreadmaw, the six mana creature that has six six for power and toughness and trample, um, big old dino, or like Ship and Dragon, the big old red dragon that has flying and has fire breathing ability on there. Um, you get, you know. Fireball, or um, fireball, you know, the big old X spell where you're paying red and then X to deal X amount of damage to somebody. Um, that's kind of what that design goes towards is Timmy players. You also have people who aren't Johnny players, um, which I am one. It's funny because my name is Johnny Legally and Johnny it works out. But um, <clears throat> essentially, Johnny players love combos. They love decks that synergize really well together and really love to find how the mechanisms work. Um, be it in a specific set that was being designed or across multiple sets in more of the eternal formats. And a lot more of what Wizards of the Coast is doing nowadays is they are focusing on cards that be played, not just set specific, but also be played long term, be it in Commander or be it in Modern. They've done a good job of designing that. And that's why I feel like some people have felt like there's product fatigue, but I think they're just giving you product variety. Finally, the third player profile that they talk about when they are developing or designing the different cards and mechanics for the sets um, is Spike. So which cards are the most efficient cards that you can squeeze out as much power from, from as less mana as you can go through? So if you think about a card like Fatal Push, Fatal Push 
is one of those cards like a lot of more competitive people play with that run black decks in the modern format because for one black mana you can destroy a target creature with four or less however if a permanent has left your battlefield you can destroy a bigger creature for one mana in the format people are playing with fetch lands so they're sacrificing their land which enables it revolts for their fatal push and it just makes it a little bit stronger you think about a lot of these efficient cards that do a good job that's what people are looking at when it comes to spikes when they're developing the ideas and cards they might be going through and find a card that um, maybe costs way too much mana in an older set and they decided to make it cost less mana or change the restrictions on it a little bit too or put it on a creature or just change it up a little bit and spikes are the people that are looking for those things that are the most efficient the thing is, you can kind of be multiple of these. You can be all three of them if you want. You're like, oh, I'm a Timmy player, so I love to be, play the big dumb spells, but I do like to build a deck that works really well together, so maybe I can figure out a deck that plays the big spells really well, but I really want to make it the most efficient as possible, so I'm looking through every single set or card selection I can to try and figure out some of the weird, broken things that I can do with this game. And so that's kind of where the player profiles where they sit and where a lot of times they can work together i would classify myself um because i'm a casually competitive guy i'm a johnny first but i am a little bit of a spike as i've come across the years so i like to be competitive i like to play more games of magic i prefer to win when i can and i prefer to win the way that i want to win but sometimes that doesn't always happen so sometimes i'll lose but the more games of magic i can get in the more accomplished i feel at the end of the night I think Commander brought a little bit of that Timmy personality out of me as well, too, since the format plays with big, dumb creatures and spells quite a bit, because you can ramp up there, and the importance of that multiplayer format, I think that a lot of people really enjoy it, and I think a lot of people gravitate towards the format because of their personality and the types of decks they like. Now, I'm not talking on this episode about what format you should be playing, but I'm talking about specifically what kind of play style and what kind of decks that you should be looking at. And so, again know yourself, you understand your personality, you kind of figure out, oh, I know magic a little bit, so I enjoy those ones. But if you're like, oh, I haven't played much magic, I'm looking from the outside in, I don't really know what's going on here. Well, start thinking about some of the things you do enjoy. Think about different media that you consume, you know, be it the the lore or the flavor or anything, because some people are known as another player personality that came out over the last few years, Vorthos. Maybe you enjoy the story that a deck gets to tell. Maybe you enjoy the story that specific sets have in there. Maybe you're a huge fan of Innistrad. You love the gothic horror, werewolf, and vampire theme. So maybe you want to build a deck that talks about the vampires. And so you're building maybe a commander deck, or you're maybe building a casual deck that, you know, is doing werewolves instead. And you're like, oh, I want to make sure I'm playing these werewolves and showing transformation from these. Maybe you really enjoyed that aspect and that's how you're going to build your deck. You're not looking to say, oh, I need cards to synergize. You might be. You're not necessarily saying, oh, I need the most competitive cards, but you might be. You may not be saying, oh, I'm playing the biggest, dumbest creatures I can find. Well, you might not be. Instead, you're like, oh, I really want to build this deck because of the theme that it has within it. So figure out kind of what you enjoy because I think everybody has a little bit of Orthos in them. But there are players that exclusively just like the lore and the novels and everything else. So if you're one of those crazy people, then hey, go ahead. If you don't play the game, you just love the lore, then this episode's not for you. But um, that's what you should be looking at is what do you enjoy and try to build a deck around that. If you're somebody that loves like The Walking Dead and zombies, which I know that there's a secret layer out there now where they actually had like Negan and Rick and some other characters from The Walking Dead in there. 
be it as you may, you can theme a deck around that. But maybe you're like, oh, I really love zombies. I just, I watch like, every zombie I can watch, you know, be it, you know, the Dawn of the Dead series, you know, Dawn or Day or just the Dead series, essentially. Um, or 28 Days Later, or you like, you know, just classic zombies described in fiction, then maybe build a zombie deck and try to figure out, oh, well, I like a zombie deck that does something weird. Maybe I want to have a bunch of zombies get reanimated from the graveyard. And that's where the Johnny piece of you comes out and say, oh, I want to build a synergistic deck that's building around the graveyard. And just, I keep bringing back zombie after zombie after zombie. It's an unrelenting horde, which I think there's actually an unrelenting horde card. But maybe that's what you want to do. Other times you may be like, oh no, I want to build a zombie deck where I'm just going to build up a really, um, a really big army. And that's what I'm going to do with zombies. And I don't necessarily need them to come back from the graveyard. Well, then you can change it up and maybe look at zombie lords and maybe give your zombies death touch and can like essentially be a plague and kill off all the other creatures that decide to block it. If you're somebody who enjoys like role-playing game and RPGs, I would highly encourage you to look at different card types or archetypes where you would actually play a creature and either you buff them up like with a plus one plus one counters. If you look at the older Zendikar set, they actually have level up counters. So it's more like akin to like D&D, you're leveling your guy up by paying mana into them and they get extra abilities, that's an option for you as well too. The plus one, plus one counters, that's a good idea as far as your guys getting stronger every turn um, or every time you do a specific thing. Like Satassin Oathsworn is one of my favorite uh, budget cards that I built around where I built a heroic deck where it was all about getting a bunch of plus one, plus one counters on it. You can also look at other decks like the Bogles deck where you have one creature that's hexproof that can't be targeted by your opponent but maybe you want to go through and put a bunch of auras on it, showing that over time they're growing, they're getting bigger and stronger by the equipment or auras that you're placing on them. So think about what you enjoy already and try to port that over to magic a little bit and you'll come to find you probably enjoy quite a bit of it. The other thing I would tell you as a beginner getting in there is go to what you enjoy and what you like. You probably will lose games. You might very well not win a game very often. I know for the first, let's say six or seven times that I played Magic, I did not win games. I I think I won my very first game just because the deck that was built for me, it was really good. But once I started building my own decks and looking at putting cards that I owned and I enjoyed into there, I did awful. I did not have the synergy that I thought I would. It wasn't that strong of a deck. It was great for casual play. So as I was playing against other casual people, I was doing okay, but playing against established players in Magic that I didn't really know the power level of my deck, they just, they whipped me every single time. So don't feel bad that you are building a deck that you enjoy and it may not be the best because guess what? The meta changes. What's good changes and your deck that you enjoy might very well be the deck that's on top. Just make sure that you're doing something that you love. It's the rule of cool when it comes to your deck building, your personality. Similar to what I've talked about in Warhammer 40k and going with the rule of cool, and same thing with D&D with rule of cool, think of the same thing for magic. Play what you actually enjoy, and that is going to make you want to play or build your deck or tweak it that much more. So think about what you enjoy about like video games. Maybe you enjoy about novels. Maybe you enjoy about movies or TV shows or something and see how you can work that mechanic into the game. The other thing I would recommend is try to consume as much content as you can for magic. You know, other people make podcasts for magic. Other people uh, do YouTube videos for magic. Other people um, show you how-to videos and go over. Uh, Mana Source is one that I've really enjoyed over the years where they talks about, um, Wedge talks about going through and talking about color identity 
you know, how some of the color pairs work really well together and how some of the individual colors work, what their personality is, what kind of cards and play styles they have in there. And I can't tell you how many times I've watched the video whenever I was beginning Magic. And even still, every now and then, I'll go back and reference it and check it out. It's a great video to look at. Tolarian Community College is the same thing. It teaches you about different colors, also teaches you about different play styles. So if you're getting to the verge where you're like, oh, what kind of deck do I want to play? Be it an aggro deck, a control deck, or a mid-range tempo or combo deck, the prof has you covered over on his channel. Um, another one that I would highly recommend you check out, um, Spell Slingers. Uh, it's hosted by Geek and Sundry, the same people that do Critical Role for D&D. Um, but Day9 is the one that does it. He's a Twitch streamer, a gamer, um, and he's played Magic quite a bit too. And um, I think he got a top eight at a uh, PTQ or a larger tournament for Magic. I don't remember exactly what he got, but it's a very enjoyable show that's directed a lot more to, towards newer players. They kind of go over what deck they're playing, some of the themes and cards they included. They have some animation too, as far as the show when things get destroyed or whatever they get zapped or whatever. Um, but they do a good job of explaining it, but not being completely dumbing it down, reading the card every single time they play it. They read the card the first time it comes out or talk about some special effects or abilities they might have. And that might spark, spark some inspiration for you. And the final piece of advice that I can get as far as knowing yourself and knowing what you enjoy for the game is go out and test decks out. Find your friends that play Magic the Gathering and talk about, oh, I want to build something like this. They might already have some ideas of decks that they can build for you or with you. Play some Magic the Gathering Arena. Go and build the decks or test cards out yourself. That's a free way to go through. You can download the game. You get access to a bunch of cards that you can start building decks with. Unlimited amount of lands. Granted, it's all digital, so I wouldn't put your real-world money into it. Use your actual money towards buying physical paper cards that can retain their value and you can trade off in the future. Whereas digital, you're, you don't use it anymore, you're, you're losing all that. So focus instead on saying, hey, I'm going to put my money towards the paper version of this game. I'm going to play test some of the paper version of this game and I'm going to see what cards I enjoy. But don't be afraid to go digital and give it a go for free. You might find some cards that you really enjoy and that you're going to continue to use going forward. So that's all I have on knowing yourself and some of the ways that you can kind of discover, you know, some of the different themes and everything you like. I'm going to talk about what kind of deck archetypes there are and how you know which, which one you're going to prefer. Once you understand yourself and some of the things that you enjoy, whether it's the player profile or maybe some forms of media or certain game styles you enjoy from playing video games or other board games, um, you now have an opportunity to kind of delve into the magic specific system. So some things that you might want to consider when you are building your deck and what you're probably going to want to build a deck around is I would highly recommend at looking at the different play styles first. That is aggro, control, and combo. Now combo is a weird one because it can be aggro or it can be kind of control. There are other ones like mid-range and tempo that you can play with too. Um, but maybe I would just say stick with the two, aggro or control. A lot of times you can build these on a really good budget. They're really straightforward on what they like to do, which unfortunately can be a pro and a con. Um, but it makes it easier for you on your deck building side. You either say, I want to play a deck that is aggressive and wants to be turning creatures or turning lands sideways to play a bunch of spells that I'm going to try and win the game as fast as I can. 
For example, I had a mono white soldiers deck that I built that I would consider to be an aggro deck. It's all about building up an army over time, but the faster you can put soldiers in the battlefield and the faster you can put different enchantments or other soldiers that buff other um, soldiers up, the better your deck's going to be against some of those late game plays. I have a mono green deck and a mono blue deck that are a bit more of the long game. My green deck is still an aggro deck. However, the aggressive side is trying to play as many spells as I can to get as much mana on the battlefield faster than my opponent. I want to try and get to four, five, and six mana faster than my opponent can. And if I'm able to do that by going aggressively into the spells I play, I then get to play my giant creatures like Colossal Dreadmaws. Those things get to then swing in, and it's going to be able to take out whatever my opponent has, at least in the casual setting. There's a lot of ways to kill a Colossal Dreadmaw. I'm not going to share them here, but that's the idea of aggro. Aggro can be long game. It can also be short game. But the aggro thought process is, is what do I want to do? Do I want to be playing a bunch of spells as fast as I can to play something big? Or do I want to play a bunch of small spells and continue to pump them up and grow them over time and try to win as fast as I can? <clears throat> so people that build a mono red burn deck, I would consider that as an aggro deck because you're trying to play as many lightning bolts or lightning rifts, um, you know, lightning helixes and stuff like that. Lightning helix is red, white, but you get the point. You're trying to play as many spells as you can that deals direct damage to your opponent's life and try to kill them. So when you are looking up different decks and looking up aggro decks or anything there, look at the colors that are being played as well too. And you'll find that some colors are better at doing aggro better than other colors. Some colors are better at doing control than other ones. Some of them are splashed in because it gives them a little bit of flexibility or covers your weaknesses where some strengths are in the other side. So aggro is the first one I would look at as a player. And you might find that you're a little bit more of a defensive player, but aggro really brings out you being more active and engaged and playing the game rather than just trying to build everything up and being scared to do anything. I've come to find with a lot of newer players, you usually stay a little bit more reserved because maybe you don't know the rules as well as you think you do, but you also don't want to make a bad play. Aggro doesn't care. Aggro is like, as long as you are playing something, you're making a good play. You are advancing your game. And so that's where your mindset should be. Maybe you like that kind of play style go that route. The other side is control. Control wants to slow the game down as much as they can. They play spells that bounce, you know, creatures or lands or, you know, other non-land permanents back to the owner's hand, or they counter target spells, or they just simply destroy creatures or they destroy enchantments or they destroy lands. Each of those pieces, what I, I would consider to be control. You're slowing your opponent down so that way you can make it to the late game. So you're interacting a lot more with your opponent. They try to play a spell. You're like, oh, I'm going to play two blue mana. I'm going to play counter spell where I counter target spell. That spell is no longer going to resolve. And if you really love that feeling, well, then maybe check out blue because blue has a ton of counter spells. And the whole game plan there is when it comes to late game, you're going to have some way to beat your opponent. Maybe it's a combo. So that's where the combo can fit this in there. Or maybe it's just a big old dumb creature that you can throw on the battlefield and say, well, I've made it this far. You haven't. I get a bigger creature and you don't have one, I'm going to win the game now. And that's how a control more or less works. I'm more of a control player. I enjoy that. But through my years and through playing multiple decks, I've had the opportunity to kind of get a feel for it. And I'm a bit more of an aggro player. I play a bit more aggressively when I can, but I still try to keep that control in there. Honestly, I would say I'm a bit more of a tempo player personally, but control is what I enjoy the most. If I only had to pick one deck. Once you figure out what kind of play style you like and how you want to try and advance your game and what you want to do for your win con, I would highly recommend that you also look at the colors. Some colors are better in other ones, just like I mentioned earlier. So red, 
really good aggressive card. It can be used a little bit to splash in for control for pieces of removal or direct damage like lightning bolts in a Jeskai control deck. It happens, but you might have the ability to say, oh, I want to play something that's really aggressive and really fast and really low to the ground. So you might make a red-white tokens deck that's all focused on making a bunch of small little human or soldier tokens or making a bunch of goblins and then pumping them up with a card like Trumpet Blast, which gives plus two, plus zero at instant speed to all attacking creatures. So swinging in with a wide amount of damage there, that's kind of where that works. I'm not going to focus on tempo or mid-range here just because it is a little bit more complicated, but focus on aggro and control and kind of figure out the colors that work best for those ones too. And you're going to find a lot of things. If you Google, say, if you're like, oh, I want to see what blue looks like in aggro, you can look up mono blue aggro deck on YouTube or online. You'll find deck lists. You'll find people talking about them or posting videos about them. Do the same thing with the other colors. If you're an aggro player, maybe say green, black aggro. There might be an aggro deck out there that shows you how to go through and play that specific deck aggressively. But don't be afraid to branch out. Again, play test as much as you can. Do as much research as you can. Watch some gameplay videos on YouTube. Maybe actually play some Magic the Gathering Arena or try out other parts of the deck um, You know, with your friends that already play Magic and already established. They might have some cards laying around. They might give you a taste of what each of the colors can do and you might find what you think is powerful. But don't let your opponent or your friend that's teaching you how to play skew you on that one. Because for them, they might think blue is the most powerful color, but maybe you hate the color blue. And you may subjectively say, uh, well, I mean, they're saying blue is the most powerful color, so surely I must be playing blue. Don't feel like you're stuck in that rut. You could be a mono white player if you want to, or you can play green and red if you want to. It's entirely up to the play style that you want to go with for the game of Magic the Gathering. You're just going to have to feel it out a little bit. For myself, a lot of times what I do is I find a card. I just start looking through certain cards that seem really cool, be it in my collection or be it just looking at new cards from sets or just online. And I decide to build a deck around that as an anchor card. So like for instance, my soldier deck, that actually sparked because I love the card Captain of the Watch. She costs six mana and she's not a very big body. I'm pretty sure she's a three, three soldier with vigilance, but she gives plus one, plus one and vigilance to all of your soldiers. And she creates three one, one soldier tokens. She's an army in a box. She's an army in a can as some people have called her. So I built a mono white soldier deck with her being the top end of the deck. And so I built the deck to kind of go through and be able to play itself using soldiers and using abilities to pump soldiers up similar to what she does. And then if she were to hit the battlefield, it just makes them that much stronger for that late game to go in and win on you just unparamount. So Yo, you're going to figure out your way that you like to build decks, but that's kind of some of the ways that I would really recommend that you try to start filling out the different decks, different play styles for Magic. And the nice part is, is you don't have to drop money if you're going the digital route or you're watching videos on YouTube or you're going to play with some physical cards that your friend is loaning you. Or somebody at the LGS might have a deck. They say, yeah, I'll let you try this out. You know, I have friends into some people that they are that way. I am that way. If somebody came to me and said, hey, do you have some decks that I can try out here? I, I'm learning the game or I'd like to see what kind of decks people are playing. I have some on hand that say, yeah, go ahead. Give this a try. See if you like it. So don't be afraid to ask. But if you guys have questions, comments, concerns, and I really do appreciate the interaction with you guys. Um, that just helps me keep the podcast going and, you know, hit me up at the JHAM special gmail.com or the JHAM special on Twitter. That's the official podcast email and the podcast Twitter. And so until the next time, you be good to yourselves. Have fun hashing out some cardboard magic and I'll see you on the next Magic Monday. Bye.